From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The city and borough of Juneau is no longer requesting that residents from Lemon Creek to Tea Harbor voluntarily conserve water. A resumption of cooler, wetter weather for Juneau has eased the demand on water supplied by the Salmon Creek Reservoir and Treatment Facility. The city was able to reverse the downward trends in its regional water supplies and keep them at suitable levels. Alaska wildlife officials have killed four black bears in a campground recently reserved for people in Anchorage who are homeless after the city's largest shelter was closed. Employees from the Alaska Department of Fish and Game on Tuesday killed a sow and her two cubs and another adult bear that was acting separately, stealing food from tents inside Centennial Park. The city last week closed its pandemic mass shelter, which had housed hundreds of homeless people throughout the last two years. When the shelter closed, some people who are homeless moved to Centennial Park, grabbing the 84 available spots after the campground stopped taking reservations from the public. Juno Senator Jesse Keel spoke to his thoughts on the governor's final budget while a guest on Action Line. Keel supported the move to fund over $200 million in school bond debt payments to boroughs. However, he called the vetoes on items relating to school major maintenance an unfortunate move. But to veto money for uh, repairs that need to be made tomorrow, right? Uh, the top $100 million on that school major maintenance list around the state, um, those, are the, those are the projects where there's really something very wrong. Um, and, and, you know, it certainly wasn't the entire list of, of every school project that needed to be done. So to, to take that down by 60-some percent, um, that's, that's a pretty unfortunate call. And called vetoes on university maintenance, not a wise use of the veto pen. A year ago, I got uh, $2 million for some buried oil tanks above Auk Lake that, that are getting old. they got to be replaced. Um, replacement uh, fire alarm panels, uh, especially uh, where we teach welding. Um, you know, some handrails and roofs, stuff that just has to get done. He vetoed that. This year there was a statewide package um, of university stuff that included now $2.4 million because construction costs are rising for everybody for those same projects. He vetoed them again. Um, they, they still have to get done. They're just going to cost more. It's, um, it, was, it, it was not a wise use of the veto pen. On the whole, he said the budget has remained about the same with an exception. It's a status quo budget. It, it it doesn't replace some of the the really deep cuts that we've been making for some years now. Um, little exceptions to that would be K twelve schools. Uh, we got eighty seven million dollars statewide to increase K twelve public school education, and that's just critically critically needed. The schools haven't had even an inflation adjustment for six years. Um, this does not catch them up. It doesn't keep up with this year's inflation. But without it, our schools would be so far behind on funding. It'd be hard to see them in the rearview mirror. We can't do that to kids. Geo Senator Jesse Keel commenting on Action Line. Work is ongoing in a research project between the Alaska Department of Transportation and Southeast Conference that seeks to analyze low-emission ferries for the Marine Highway. Funding for the research comes from a program through the U.S. Department of Transportation to provide grants for the purchase of electric or low-emitting ferries and for the electrification of existing ferries to reduce emissions. Conference Executive Director Robert Venables said on Action Line that purely electric ferries would only operate very short runs, but hybrid ferries, on the other hand... A hybrid electric 
is something I think is very, very possible. And I think, um, you know, the other piece of, of of the propulsion system that may be a diesel blend with something else, you know, that that's that is a pay grade above me in the science department that uh, they'll they'll figure out. But I think one of the biggest takeaways is making sure that we accommodate change. We get locked into something with a vessel design for 20 to 50 years, and it really doesn't have the opportunity to, to breathe and grow with technologies. And I think that is some of the opportunity that you know, these new grants that Senator Murkowski has you know, pushed our way is it allows us to modernize with an eye for the future rather than Band-Aids on something from the past. When asked why an electric vessel over a traditional diesel vessel, Venable said that's what opens the door to the rest of the boat. We need new boats, and I think that the federal funding that is being made available and the quantity that's being made available, um, because the federal focuses on the emissions and the propulsion, that's our doorway into getting the rest of the vessel. Um, we, We need new boats. We need the testimony replaced. We need a new mainliner. We probably need another Alaska-class ferry or two. And maybe it's not the exact same boat, but that's what we're, you know, we're seeing the research and the focus on is what is that, that vessel type that is best fitted so we can get that. And the reason the feds are going to pay for it is because they're really con- convinced that it's a priority for them for low emissions and, you know, electrified, modernizing the fleet. Okay. But, um, you know, my obsession is getting new holes in the water. Southeast Conference Executive Director Robert Venables commenting on Action Line. A central figure in a corruption scandal that rocked Alaska politics has died. Bill Allen was 85. A funeral home in Colorado says Allen died on June 29th. Allen was CEO of the oil services company Vico Corporation and a former publisher of the now defunct Anchorage Times newspaper. In 2009, he was sentenced to three years in prison on charges, including bribery related to efforts to win support for legislation favored by the company. He served a shorter period. The three remaining top candidates in the special congressional election to fill Don Young's unexpired term held a debate last week. Here's Nick Baggage on his thoughts on the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court. My view is that under the 10th Amendment, any powers not specifically enumerated uh, to the federal government are reserved for the states. Uh, We have a constitutional amendment process by which uh, we may modify uh, provisions related to this specific issue. But I think the court was correct in returning this issue to the states. And, uh, And here in the state of Alaska, as most of you are probably aware, our laws will not change at this time. It will now become the discussion for our state legislature. Sarah Palin says Roe v. Wade was wrong from the start. I've been saying for years that Roe v. Wade was misguided in terms of where it landed in the federal government that far off, faceless bureaucrats in some bubble, far away, they're going to make decisions for us as individuals and as a state when it comes to an, an issue as important as abortion. No, it, it, it should be a state's issue. So I agree with the Supreme Court and had looked forward to this for years and years that finally the state, the people, through their representatives, their will will be done when it comes to this issue of abortion. Peltola laid out her position as a pro-choice candidate. of Alaskans are pro-choice. I personally believe in a woman's uh, right to her own reproductive health. 
um, one of the unfortunate um, elements of um, histories of women who are in minorities, um, Alaska Native women, um, we have a history of women being sterilized against their knowledge and without their consent. Reproductive rights are as personal of an issue as you could possibly get. Audio of the debate comes courtesy of Anchorage Daily News and C-SPAN. Juneau police have released details on the accident that claimed the life of a Juneau man Tuesday afternoon at about 5.45 p.m. Juneau Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell. The Juneau Police Department received a 911 call regarding a motor vehicle collision between a motorcycle and a tour bus in the outbound lane of Beacon Drive in Whittier Street. Witnesses reported the driver of the motorcycle was deceased. JPD and CCFR responded to the scene. Upon arrival by JPD and CCFR, the driver of the motorcycle, 48-year-old Juneau resident Kramer Marquis Sexton, was pronounced deceased. Next to Ken was notified of the death. JPD closed down the outbound lanes of Egan Drive between Willoughby Avenue and Whittier Street while officers conducted the crash investigation. Preliminary investigation showed that a Glacier Express bus was being operated by a 66-year-old male Juneau resident and contained multiple passengers. The bus was traveling inbound on Egan Drive and was making a left turn onto Whittier Street. The motorcycle had a single occupant and was traveling outbound in the left-hand lane of Egan Drive. Witnesses reported that the motorcycle was traveling at a high rate of speed and struck the side of the bus as it was turning onto Whittier Street. The occupants of the bus were uninjured during the crash. The body of Kramer Sexton will be flown to the medical examiner's office in Anchorage for an autopsy. The case is still under investigation. The triannual disaster exercise drill at the Juneau International Airport is set for July 23rd. According to Assistant Fire Chief Ed Quino, it is training that is required by the Federal Aviation Administration. It's a requirement every three years that FAA requires that we do a, what's called a full-scale disaster exercise. That means that we do a mock ex, uh, accident that occurs, and it usually occurs uh, with an aircraft, the biggest aircraft that comes in on a normal basis. In this case, we have an Alaska Airlines 737 come in, about 130, 40 people. They're technically get injured. Uh, so on July 23rd, I can't exactly say exact what time, but let's say in the morning. You'll see. <laughs> it's not really a big surprise, but uh, have, I've been involved for you know a few of these exercises. Quinto explained what the day of the exercise will be like. Uh, during the day, we'll still have the normal operations, so aircrafts and airplanes will still take off and land. We'll be off to the side, and then we'll have multiple victims, 50, 60, 70, 80, depending on how the airport crews are setting up. Uh, so we'll have... Uh, uh, tone out as normal. They'll have an airplane crash. We'll tone out the crash trucks. Now, how, do you, truck. si how do you simulate that crash? Well, <clears throat> last time we did it three years ago, uh, they s set a Connex on fire. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. of wood, pallets. <laughs> so when you looked up, it's like, wow, there's black smoke and big fire. So, uh, And then they had people all over the place uh, simulating uh, that they're injured. They're all mock covering on their face. You know, they got bleeding and, you know, their bruises and bones sticking out. And the airport is looking for volunteers to act as victims during the exercise. You must be 12 years old and older. If you call uh, 789-7821, which is the airport main office, they can direct you to where uh, you can be. Yes, we are still looking for victims. If you want to be a victim, uh, be ready to have your clothes cut, unless you want to be a walking wounded. We are taking adults and kids 
up, I think you have to be 12 and older. 12 and older, okay. Yeah. You know, they have, and the kids stay with their parents, so they don't get separated. So we want to make sure that, uh, you know, keep in line. And, yeah, we are still looking for victims, so, yeah, give a call, 789-7821. The number again, 789-7821. Winto also spoke to how busy CCFR were over the 4th of July weekend. It was extremely busy. Uh, starting on Saturday, I mean, we had multiple calls this hot weather, warm weather. You know, we haven't had a beautiful 4th of July weekend for a long time. So it brought people out, but I was pretty uh, surprised that we, it wasn't that crazy. We had some accidents. We had some people injured, but, you know, nothing drastic. Fireworks were not a serious issue, though there were some incidents. Fireworks wasn't that big of a deal for people getting hurt, but we did have some brush fires. We had one at Dane Road. Somebody was lighting on fireworks and caught a brush on fire, and we had tree on fire on a couple places. So we had some fires resulting from fireworks. Assistant Fire Chief Ed Quino. Experts warn that the backlog of flight delays and cancellations will last for the rest of the summer as tens of thousands of travelers over the July 4th holiday weekend were stranded. One airline, United, is placing the blame on federal regulators and say that they had staffing issues on the busy holiday weekend. But ABC's Gio Benita says the FAA is pointing a finger at the airlines. The FAA is firing back, saying in a statement to ABC News, on July 3rd and 4th, there were no FAA staffing-related delays at all, yet airlines still canceled over 1,100 flights, a quarter of which were United Airlines flights. We will continue to meet our responsibility to hold airlines accountable. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North... This is Kevin Allen.